Hello everybody and welcome back to The Pit Perspective. I'm Abby. And I'm Meg. This is our first episode for Black History Month and today we are going to be discussing an interview team member Bree Sapp did with Monica Daniels. She is a city council member uh, in Greenville, North Carolina and Bree talked to her about her role as a black woman on city council and her experiences with race relations. So just for the episode itself, I know we've discussed um, things before in our previous articles, but if you could just kind of tell us your title, where you were born, and how long you've lived here in Greenville. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was born here in um, Pitt County, in the same building that I work on. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they used to call it the old, house, the old hospital. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so when we were about, well, when I was about um, 15 months old or 18 months, something like that, my um, parents moved to New York, mm-hmm. where I stayed until I was, oh, about 21. Um, so I was a non-traditional student when I went to Barton College to get my social work degree. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't, my early years of school were all in New York City. Um, let's see, at Pitt County DSS, I am a child welfare supervisor. Mm-hmm. And, and um, on the city council, I represent District 1. Perfect. So you kind of started bringing us into the next question that I had for you. So if you kind of just want to give a general overview, take as much or as little time as you'd like, just kind of describing your journey to leadership um, up to the point where you are with city council and the DSS now, and um, kind of starting with your upbringing in New York City and just kind of where you've gone from there. Um, So in New York, I was basically just a a New York kid, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of times, I'm outside, just you know, with my friends. We we play games like handball, double dutch, different things like that. Um, I was into the arts at that time, a lot of dancing, um, and poetry, and different things like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When I um, initially came to North Carolina, and I met my husband then, um, and I have five girls, so I was just kind of, you know, in the parent mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then when I went back to school, I think I was maybe mid to late 30s and mm-hmm. started working in, in child welfare. And then maybe back in 2015, I would say, is when my real leadership started, um, I joined NC Civil. I started doing a lot of outreach in the community, started doing a lot of just door-to-door, walking around, talking to people, um, getting out there when there were storms and kind of helping people, you know, out. Um, I remember back in, in 99, when Floyd came through Greenville, um, and that's when we really started, like, knocking on doors, especially for the elderly, and we would go and kind of pick up ice and different things like that, um, water, making sure, you know, our neighbors were taken care of. Mm-hmm. And um, it was always important to me 
to take the girls to different places like the shelters and, and different things like that to help, just to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that, that was all, that's always been important to me. So then as I was just working in the community, doing my service there, 2018, I was appointed to the council, city council. Um, Representative Candy Smith had won her election with the um, House of Representatives, so I was appointed to her position. And that, yeah, that was in 2018. And in 2019 is when I actually ran and won that election. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know you did so much community outreach and that you did work with NC Civil and all. That's um, really great work that you've done, it sounds like. And just I've heard the work from NC Civil as well. You guys do great things here in Pitt County. And I, I know you didn't necessarily um, grow up in Pitt County or anything like that, um, and you grew up in the city, but it sounds like you've been living here for quite a while. So. What were some? I, and I actually used to visit every summer as a child. Oh, really? Um, both my parents are from Springfield. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we would um, come down every summer and stay from June to Labor Day, mm -hmm. um, which was a lot of fun because I got to, you know, witness a different life here. Yeah. And my uncle Raymond was a firefighter. I remember that we were little. And as we grew older, he became the first African-American firefighter in Pitt County. Wow. So that was something really big in our family. And it always let us know, you know, you can achieve great things, but you still had to treat people well and you still had to serve your community. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I didn't know that either. I'm learning a lot about you today through this interview. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So that kind of brings me into another question that I have for you. So who are some role models and mentors that you had throughout your childhood up until now, whether that be just, you know, as a child, as you're getting older, or even just as you started to come into leadership positions, other leaders or mentors that you looked up to? Um, I would say my mom starting off first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she was a single mother. We lived in New York. I remember my mom working two jobs. She would leave the house like six o'clock in the morning and not come home till really, really late at night. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's kind of frowned upon now, but we were latchkey kids. Um, we would come back, um, we would come from school, you know, let ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and then, um, just call like my aunts or one of them, our neighbors, and let us, you know, let them know that we were home and it was always, you know, don't just open the door for anybody. Right. Um, I also remember an aunt. So the difference between voting in New York and North Carolina has always been like, we didn't go to school on election day in New York. Mm -hmm. um, because that's where the schools were. I mean, you went to the schools to vote. So there was a room for the kids and the equipment, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we would always, you know, have to pass out flyers and do things like that. And then when we would come down here, we would always, my grandmother would always have us doing something. We were, we were never allowed, we had to get up every morning. We had to be up, beds made and everything, at least 7.30 mm -hmm. in the morning. 
Um, so that provided the structure in our lives. Um, and then, so, you know, my mom, my grandma, um, a lot of my aunts, my aunt, um, Linda Coleman, she was in office in Wake County. She was on the um, Wake County, she was Wake County Commissioner. Um, she was one of the first African-American chairpersons there, and then she went on to run for Congress. Um, although she was unsuccessful, we've always seen her doing something in the community. So um, I, here I can say that I grew up in Wake County and I kind of, at the time I obviously wasn't old enough to realize the significance of her aunt being elected, but the fact that she had that figure to kind of like look up to and realize that like that's what she wanted to do and that's what she wanted to do in Pitt County or where, because she grew up here. Or she grew up in New York, but she was born here. She came back here. So that was just interesting to me. Yeah, it sounds like they had a lot of firsts within the family, which is pretty cool. Um, first firefighter in Pitt County. First, like, woman in Wake County Congress, you know, like, or government, rather. That's super cool. Um, just great opportunities that they had. Um, and just get their family established, which is kind of cool. Um, and my uncle as well. They've always been very, they've always been very active. Mm -hmm. um, NAACP, you know, the SCLC and things like that. So we always knew the importance of, how do I put Okay, so let me give you another example. And stop me if I'm talking in circles no. because I'm kind of remembering all these wonderful things. You're so okay. my great grandmother lived to be 96 years old, okay? Mm -hmm. So she would literally sit down and tell us stories of why we had to do good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if, if one of us came home or complained about not being able to find a job or do this or do that, she was like, well, you know, I was born in the night, she was literally born in 1900. Wow. And she would tell us how she couldn't go to school how she couldn't have um, um, drink from water fountains and you know just yeah. different things like that she couldn't do and kind of remind us the importance of the opportunities that we are, we're presented with now. I think that's absolutely wild how we can look back through like generally like generational stuff even just within like our own families um you learn so much from your elders and seeing what their life was like um so that definitely i'm sure was a source of hope for monica and being able to look back and like say okay well yes we've grown but how much more can we grow and how much more can we do um for like minority communities and it also hearing her say that also made me think back to our episode with pam tuck where she talked about her experience in the education system in Pitt County and how she mentioned that she knew that her experience was not good and she knew that it was hard but she also was reminded that the experience of her father and her grandfather going through the education system in Pitt County was even harder and so she was grateful for the things that they did 
leading up to that point because it made her experience a little bit less difficult. And so as even as we grow now and I try to take my granddaughter with me to things like when um, Paula Dance was born in as the first um, African-American female sheriff here, I took her out of school that day because those are things that are important mm -hmm. that she knows that she's a witness to. Um, and I take her places with me just like I did her mother. I mean, with children, um, my other children, and just show them and we, we remember what it took for us to get to this place. That's something that's like kind of crazy to me, but I also completely respect that they do that because I understand why they do it. Um, she mentioned like taking her granddaughter out of school. And that's something that obviously we don't do. Like if another white person is elected into any council or any form of government, it's not a monumental deal. It's not seen as really important in a way. We just kind of see it as something that happens every day. But, you know, when somebody of color or somebody of a minority group gets elected into these positions, it is seen as a big deal. And obviously, she wanted her granddaughter to recognize that that is. And so why it's important to serve, you know, the community. <clears throat> I'm a council person for all of Greenville. Mm -hmm. I represent District 1. Um, I don't consider, consider myself just a council person for for black, you know, or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think that I have to remember a lot of times that I serve everyone, but I always remember that. And that's a good thing because it brings all of us together. Right. And I think that's important for us to remember as well, that if we don't need to be divided as a, as a county, as a city, as a community, none of that should exist. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, just doing research on you in the past for news articles and stuff like this, I think you have been, you know, a wonderful, well-rounded advocate for the community itself. Um, I, Thanks. we did, yeah, of course. We did a news article recently. I think someone interviewed you for the cryptocurrency um, vote that was yeah. going on, and I just remember one of your quotes, kind of talking about being a representative for Greenville and um, regarding your vote. And I just thought that was very well put. So um, that Thank cahoots you. to you. <laughs> so um, yeah, because it's easy for people. Sometimes you won't even be in a box people will put you in that box. Mm -hmm. And you just have to remind them, if we're gonna create change, we have to be changed. That brings me back to Vimmel's episode, whenever he was talking about how um, he felt like a lot of his like accomplishments and the things that he was doing in school and his good grades were attributed to his race. Um, so that definitely goes back to that and um, just breaking that standard of having those kind of boundaries. You know, kind of like speaking of the professional world and your role in politics that you've kind of entered as of the last few years, um, what was that 
kind of like overall? Um, what kind of challenges or adversity adversity did you face throughout your roles? And alongside that, what are some accomplishments you think you've made along the way? Because there's always the good with the bad as well. Yes. Um, I think the biggest challenge is being on the council itself with no training. Mm. Um, I remember the night excuse me, that I was appointed, I was ready to go sit back. And they were like, no, you get to sit down and start making decisions. And I was like, really? <laughs> um, so that was really an eye-opener for me. Um, and I think the benefit of being on the council is was that I, I was already in the community, if mm. that makes sense. Um, so the learning aspect, the... I would say some of the disappointments were because of my lack of knowledge. If someone would ask me to help them get a road paid or, um, for example, a lady who's in a wheelchair that goes through Morewood all the time, she would reach out and, you know, she wanted us to fix certain things over there. Well, I didn't know part of that road belonged to DOT. So mm-hmm. being on the council, I can't make DOT, you know, right. do anything. We can re- recommend things to them. Um, so learning that the different roads belong to some to the state, some to DOT, some to the city, um, some to the county. Um, just putting it all together, what each different entity can do. Because, like, there are people who show up at city council meetings now complaining about the school system. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk to the school system, but they would probably be more effective if they went to a school board meeting. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so just trying to share information with everybody and then joining forces with those individuals who stand in a place <clears throat> excuse me, that they can create change, like um, going out to lunch with school board members, talking with um, individuals on Pitt County Commission Board and things like that. So just joining forces with everyone. It is definitely more work than I thought it was. Right. <laughs> um, being a liaison, excuse me, for, um, like I'm, I'm a liaison for the Housing Authority, Recreation and Park, Historic Preservation Committee, mm-hmm. um, and the multi, the Transportation Committee. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. So, so, you know, learning about all those things, attending those meetings, getting out there, um, seeing the change and the benefit or the negative um, benefits that it'll have for our community. Um, her saying that she's like going out and she's talking to everyone and she's getting to know everyone and making those connections kind of made me think back to our episode with Dr. Bailey where he really stressed the idea of like looking and listening and kind of really understanding the people that are around us so that we one can communicate with them better but also we can help them and figure out how to help them if it's needed. Yeah it seems like that's a big point of Monica's too is like emphasizing on community and everyone is in the community rather than having the designations and the barriers within the community um the fact that we're all considered one um to her like everyone in Greenville is one 
And I think that's super important and that's something that we wanted to bring to light with this podcast by sharing people's stories like Monica's and like Pam Tuck's Mm -hmm. to just kind of bring light and kind of make everyone recognize that we are all one community. So I feel like I was in school all over again. (laughs) But I had to go back to school and learn that. So that that was fun. Um, Some of the um, bonuses, um, the Juneteenth holiday, of course, that Mm -hmm. was like really big for me. Um, The vaccine, um, being able to get a lot of individuals and um, the West Greenville community, especially our elderly, mm-hmm. um, vaccinated early on. I would stay up late, <laughs> call mm-hmm. people. You know, I had a contact at the um, Biden. So, you know, get those people um, vaccinated, getting out, and just kind of putting individuals together, doctors, nurses, and getting the community educated. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding the vaccines, because we all know when they first came out, even I said, I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not a guinea pig, anything. Mm-hmm. But then the more you learn about it, it wasn't created overnight, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it does make a difference, as we can see now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully getting a community center coming over here across the north of the river. Um, that's been a long time coming. And we have not voted on that yet. But hopefully that will pass. Um, and then, of course, the pool in West Greenville and the upgrades at the um, community center there. So hearing her um, talk about the vaccine and making connections at Biden and her efforts towards making sure people in those communities who had a difficult time getting the vaccine were able to get it, um, it kind of reminded me of the theme for this year's Black History Month, and I kind of wanted to bring that up before we keep listening. Um, So the theme for this year is Black Health and Wellness. So if you go ahead and check on our website, there'll be more about this. But um, basically, the idea of this theme is to pay homage to medical professionals, scholars, and healthcare providers who are in the Black community. So, and I feel like the theme is particularly fitting because this is the third year that we're heading into the COVID-19 pandemic and the complications are not kind of, they're not going anywhere. They're still here and it's still very prevalent in our lives. Quite a list of accomplishments, honestly. Um, And I think that what you guys are doing um, is very important and I didn't the whole vaccination story that kind of brings me to another question I have for you because that's a lot of important work that you did and um, you know we kind of discussed how um, people can mix up being rep- whenever you're a representative only representing one district and you know um, everyone on city council represents the community as a whole but um, kind of with the story from the vaccinations that you just described so as a representative for District 1 um, and just as like a black leader in Greenville, why do you think represent, like leader representation for minorities is important? Because that example kind of brought that question to mind that, um, 
you know, they like elderly folks in District 1 having trust in you as their um, district leader and stuff like that and kind of probably getting that vaccine a lot sooner than they would have if you hadn't have been in a place of representation for them. So why do you think that's important for the community as a whole and just for um, individuals throughout the community? Because I think sometimes some people, and I guess in every community, sometimes they do things just for the sake of a title. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it, it was really important for me to get out and show individuals, um, first of all, to educate myself on the vaccine. And when, when there were questions that I didn't quite have the answers to, to be able to connect those individuals to our community. Whether that's bringing people out, um, doing videos, Zoom calls, different things like that, Facebook, however we can get the word out. And then just calling people calling people up. I mean, one time I was coming home for lunch, calling people on my lunch break. I was, um, like I said, staying up late and calling people. And then also letting people know mm-hmm. that I'm not calling to make you take the vaccine. Right. I'm calling to say, if you want it, and you don't have to take it, you know, um, because without elderly, sometimes that line is not drawn. And, you know, when they they do see a leader come, they look at it like, do I have to do this? And, you know, I would clearly tell them, no, ma'am, you do not. Mm -hmm. But I say like 90% of them, by the time I called, when I actually called before we had set up all these, like, neighborhood outreaches, Mm-hmm. They knew they wanted it. Right. You know, the destruction and the death that, you know, surrounded that horrible disease, they already knew. And working for the county, because, you know, I work mm-hmm. at USF, for those individuals who um, didn't have transportation, I was um, able to remind them of the PAC standard they could call. For those, you know, within the city limits, I was able to, you know, tell them how to get online or ask them did they need any directions for the bus because that goes by the convention center as well over by that Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think it's very important to, to educate ourselves as leaders and some of those individuals like Miss Mott. Um, <laughs> she's 90 something years old mm-hmm. and to her she goes are you Monica? Are you Pat's Monica? Because my grandma name was Pat because mm-hmm. they were friends. So um, it's important not just to have the black representation, but the familiar space. Right. And I think it's it's important to be in the community where people do know you, um, do see you, and then that's how trust is built. If you just pop up and, oh, I'm running for election, and people don't know who you are, it doesn't mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, I know I also, I represent West, is it West Haven, and, and I also have an aunt that lives over there in the community center, mm-hmm. in the senior center, I'm sorry. And so I, I go over there one day, and there's a lady who um, has taken her groceries out of her car, and she's elderly, and I can see she's having a hard time. So I go up to her, and I offer to help her, and she's like, no, no, that's okay. But I could see the fear in her face. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't want to stretch your helping her. Mm-hmm. And so I explained to her that I worked with the mayor and that I knew him and I was coming in peace, you know. And she's like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> then on if I see her, she let me help her. <laughs> she let me um, go to her house and everything like that and, and just help her with her groceries. And it's just little things like that um, that we do. And uh, and like I said, and then even when we had the vac- vaccination clinic at um, IGCC, we, we, we had close to 100 people vaccinated, but we also had... Um, I invited some of our leaders, Brian Farkas and mm-hmm. his fiance. They came and they were vaccinated that day. Um, Senator Don Davis came; he was vaccinated that day. So it was it was nice to get them out, you know. And we were all just our street clothes, no shirts, ties, and heels, you know. <laughs> um, and and then we we made it all about the vaccination. It was not a pitch at any type of political. Um, gain or um, it wasn't, you know, trying to get anybody to vote for you, that they already knew who they were. I think it's really cool how they kind of approach, again, that community feeling, like just, they're normal people. They're normal people, they're out there getting vaccinated, they're one with the community, and building up that trust, like she said, really just gives a lot of credibility and a lot of trust and a lot of faith in the county you know it just builds that community even more that neighborhood friendly service you know you know everybody um you feel like you know the people in your government that just adds to the living experience of being in big county because she mentioned that when they're out there doing these events that her goal is to not bring politics into it she's out there doing what she needs to do and interacting with the community in a way that shows that she is a member of the community which i really thought was good the work that you've done throughout the community it really sounds like you have been a face for a lot of individuals um not just throughout your district but throughout greenville so that's awesome um work that you've done and that you know other representatives have done as well for eastern north carolina and um I guess that kind of leads me into my last question here. So you've talked a lot about, um, you know, some challenges you've um, kind of encountered, but also a lot about the um, accomplishments and contributions that you've made along the way. So if you could kind of give one piece of advice to young or aspiring um, black leaders or, you know, leaders in general as well, what would that piece of advice be? Um learn the technique of listening mm. because I think a lot of times we think we know what is best for people but people know what's best for them they know what they want right. um, I think I would always advise people to, to work within their community you know get to see where the help is needed because it keeps us humble mm-hmm. it reminds us that um, there but for the grace of God but so I and that we were put on this earth to help others mm-hmm. because I just truly believe that um, that you know when my girls were younger and we didn't have anything I wouldn't even say not a lot we didn't have anything that belonged to us um, but the clothes on our backs and so people cared about us mm-hmm. and they helped us along the way and so it is our responsibility to help others. And that's how we grow as a community. Mm-hmm. That's how you grow as a leader. 
Most definitely. Yes, ma'am. And I really appreciate your time today, Councilwoman Daniels. It's always appreciated. Oh, thank you. All right. That is all that we have for you guys today. I thought that was a excellent interview that Bree did to kind of kick off our Black History Month episodes. Um, we have a, another episode coming up for you guys this month on the 18th, so keep an eye out for that. And make sure to stay caught up with us on our social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the.pit.perspective. Thanks, guys.